All right, and everybody, welcome to the Hello. Album Crawl. It's me, James Johnson, with my co-host. Paul Johnson. We're two brothers. Just trying and to... brother first. Brother. <laughs> it's just two brothers. Every... Were we, we co-podcast hosts before or after? <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to get the timeline right. Podcast host first, brothers second. <laughs> Five five episodes in, and uh, yeah, this is obviously the most important part of our relationship, I think. Anyone can attest to it. You talk to anyone that knows this, they go, Paul, oh yeah, you mean James's co-host on his podcast? That's right. Change the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Get that going. Get that updated. Um, so we are, this is the album call. Welcome. If you haven't listened before, all of you nobody who's listening. Thank you. Every week, we are picking an album, and we're going through it song by song. Typically, albums we don't really know that well, or maybe know a couple songs off of, maybe no songs off of, maybe all the songs, I don't know. Kind of see how it goes, and uh, we're going through song production, songwriting, our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions. Some art history, a little bit about the people, a little bit about their history. Yeah. Musical influences. You know. Anything else? That draws our attention. Jay's a drummer. I'm a music producer, a singer, songwriter. So we kind of have some different takes. And I'm a terrible drummer. So Jay usually comes in on the rhythm section. Yeah, really, all I got is the drumming. That's all. I, mean, I can play the guitar. Uh, you know, I can play a couple chords. Does that qualify me as playing the guitar? I don't think so. But some people like to think that it does. You could say it. No one's going to test you. No one from this podcast is going to call you out. So if I can play A, C, G, D minor, A minor. Oh, you got you have you know and minor chords? Then you're I got, a guitarist. I got a couple, I got a couple minors. Oh, I for got, sure. My couple, I mean, I do mean two. I know A minor and D minor. That's yeah. It. The FBI wants to know your location. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow, minor jokes. I don't think I like that. <laughs> so anyway, so last week we listened to YBN Corday's Lost Boy, and because of that, I was a little, little interested. And the gospel influences in that. So I wanted to find some gospel music. Now, personally, I don't know gospel music other than the first track off of The Life of Pablo by Kanye. Yeah. Which is, you know, Paul, you were there when we saw Chance. I cried. Yeah, that's that's, that's gospel influence for sure. Gospel influence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, I only know gospel influence music. I only know the, the general idea of what gospel music is. Think of like Southern Baptist church churches, typically with African Americans, and this is the music that's played there. And I just I have no connection to it. I what's your what's your experience going into this? Zippo. I mean, we went to church as kids, and we sang it, sang the songs, and we did the dance. Uh, we, we didn't, didn't sing the these songs. We did not dance the way these people dance. There I don't was think. no dancing going on we, at all. We were raised as nice Lutheran boys. Yeah, Lutheran. I would say German influence where there's no body movements no. whatsoever other than the standing up and getting down. So yes. I, yeah, I mean, I know the stereo, every, I think everyone has the kind of stereotypical like black church in, you know, in their head Yeah. of like, you know, you're singing and their arms are up and the choir is all st- sidestepping and clapping and snapping and you mm-hmm. have the lead singer. And so that, that is basically it from, from my knowledge before going into this album. Yeah. And uh, you're, 
your tip. You go in. Okay, so I the same thing. That's what I think about when I listen to the when I think about gospel music, like southern choirs, churches. Now going into this album, I was like, yeah, wow, that really is what it is. Not in a bad way. I don't want to be say that's anything in a bad way, but I was like. There's the genre of what it is in this album that I chose here, which I found from some music blogs talking about gospel music as their number one. And I was like, wow, they did it. But my takeaway is the effect that it had on me, I was not expecting and didn't, didn't I think is I- that, Is that the clickbait title of this, of this podcast? Gospel music made me do what? <laughs> made me gospel, feel what gospel made, music maybe made me feel the most religious i think i've ever felt in my entire life this album yeah for this album i'll go to the southern uh, southern california church if choir. someone if someone was like hey i'm going down to the southern california community choir church oh shit i was turning off the cover of the album i don't know what church it was exactly but if someone invited me to go to that church i'd be like yeah yeah 100 <laughs> percent Okay. Well, I mean, we know, we know that this is this is Aretha, or at least I'm not sure if it was all one one church or not. But Aretha Franklin's dad is the, the yep. preacher. Whoa, 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 whoa! What are you? Hey, did you do research? I I didn't do research. research. This is in the album. Oh There's, yeah, that's right. He does talk about it. He says yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I was I was I was teaming you up together. to 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 give a little bit more information on. Yeah, this. let's let's get into it. So Aretha Franklin, I I'm gonna go ahead and say I knew nothing. I don't know anything about so it. first of all, was this out? Al- was this was this album an album, a music album, or was it cake? What? <laughs> was it cake? What are you talking about? You know the whole the, the whole thing right now is like not the whole thing, not right now. Actually, this is like a month, two months ago almost. But like you know the whole Instagram thing, like is is it no. is it real or is it cake? Nope, I'm no fully out of the loop. I have no idea what you're talking. You don't about. even know what I'm talking about? No. Oh my no gosh, clue. there was like a whole like hit song that was made off of it like is it real or is it cake because people kept making cake out of you know make it look so real that you can't tell what it, if it's real or not okay like deep fakes kind of thing yeah exactly but deep cakes would be the better description <laughs> but man so yeah <laughs> but anyway sorry go ahead what's tangent. the what's the portal did you play portal there was the cake thing in portal uh-oh no that has nothing to do with it being real or not though it was basically like you did it so here's your cake you didn't die you don't get the nope anyway so aretha franklin born in 1942 to a minister father cl franklin and mother i don't know didn't really get any information about the mother but her father cl franklin was a fairly renowned reverend minister i don't know what you call it they were baptist reverend yeah reverend okay and basically, he he was to the point where he would get paid to go to other churches and speak as like a guest speaker. Wow. Like people really liked him. Not like they were not like they had a lot of money or anything, but uh, definitely he was well renowned in that community. Uh, and so, obviously, because of that, she was born into life. And you know, her her father and mother they had a, a couple kids, but they both the father and mother both had previous marriages and they had kids and came together. So it's like, and then eventually the father left and had another wife. So like, there was a lot of children, I think Dang. in their life and it was a big family. And, um, so I don't know how necessarily close she was with her father, but I, I imagine not super besides the religious aspect. So yeah. 
he started kind of taking her with him as she learned how to sing and would you know be there and sing in the choir whatever and then she started to get recognized for her vocal talents and she started singing more prominently in the churches or whatever and uh you know eventually at 16 as a sophomore in high school she she dropped out of high school because of it because she knew that wow extremely talented singer that could pursue a career and and that sort of thing yeah because I saw her first album came out in 54. Yeah, so this is the So she was only 54. You said she was born in 42. 42, yeah. So she put out an album when she was 12 years old? Wait. 32. No, this was in 72, so yeah. This was in 72. 64, maybe it was 64. 64 sounds also not right. Her first album was definitely not in 64. Was it 54? it 54? She was born in, look, I know for a fact she was born in 42. Are you fact checking me right now? We do have to have a third guy, I think, who could be on this sort of thing. But regardless, so she um, she basically dropped out of high school to become a, a singer. And she was quickly recognized by her peers um, to be talented and eventually kind of was like courted by a couple record labels because at 18 basically she decided to start doing secular pop music oh boy and not it wasn't a bad thing i from my understanding it wasn't like her father was like oh that's bad it was basically like do this and you will get money and blah blah blah. oh i want to mention before yeah her dropping out i mean being a black woman in the 50s i feel like isn't the word like i feel like dropping out isn't what it is now I feel like at that point, I was like, look, you can sing. You can make a whole thing. Why Why are you even in school? Like, I think like everyone would say that. Like, if your father would say that, like, no one's saying oh, yeah. college. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. 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 Like different, different worlds. So um, so then, and, uh, oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, was, it wasn't until she was 24 in 1966 that she signed with Atlantic Records. So I think it was 64. No, no, no. It's fifty six. I just looked. It's fifty six. Her album, first album, came out. Okay, so but, the, but, the, but those were recorded. The, it was released in fifty six, but the recordings came out. In, they were made in fifty four. So she was she was recording her first album essentially when she was twelve. That's insane. Yeah. So, I Which mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Any listening to her, as you kind of can see she's she's got the voice that I'm sure wasn't hidden when she was a child. I'm sure if she came out like probably born like. I mean, you you hear? I mean, we're gonna get He's there. Born but. to sing, like there's no if and. I don't necessarily. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily subscribe to that idea. Interesting. At all, um, and we, we can get to that. We can get to that because there's 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 a very important track on this album that, that gives some hints okay. as to exactly how that happened. Um. Anyway, so it wasn't until she was 24 that she started releasing music with Atlantic Records and. Um, oh no, no no that wasn't when she started that was when she started hitting it big so she was releasing albums for a while but like that's when she really started taking off with like pop singles and, and stuff like that um and so this album i don't want to get that into it i mean like if you read her her whole thing it's just a lot there's a lot of stuff here and i think for our purposes it's not necessary to get into the details of her sure then she, she recently died right to 2018 2018 yeah so just i i think all R. we R. need R. to really know is that she had pop success she had hit singles she's had 144 entries on the billboard 100 in her lifetime like she was from 66 
on, she was bam, 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 bam. Wow. Hitting it, just destroying. So then we get to this album, Amazing Grace, 1972. It is, I, is technically listed as a, it's, I mean, like, obviously, if you listen to it, it's a live album. It's not a studio album, so it's oh, yeah. separate from her other work. So it's interesting. I, I kind of went into this from what I knew about it, going like, oh, this is going to be an album where it's like, she wants to do a gospel album. She's going to go in and on herself. But really, all that it is, is they took two nights in January 13th and 14th in 1972 at a church in L.A. and recorded these songs and that was it that's what this album is like it's not i thought it was gonna be like this dense thing but it's really not like she just was like i this is where i came from i want to make uh a gospel album a gospel live album in a church let's do it she got jerry wexler who at the time was becoming a very prominent r&b producer okay and by prominent i mean he literally coined the term Rhythm and Blues. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he he's be, someone important. Yeah, he was working for Columbia Records, and it used they used to be called that on the Billboard chart. It was called Race Records, and basically he was he was yeah. like this born in Brooklyn Jew, and just was in the music industry and whatever worked for Billboard, and was like, I think that I basically it wasn't like this is to empower them. It was more of like this is better and more suited to the music. If we call it rhythm and blues, it's basically it, it is pretty fucked up that we just call it race records. It makes no sense and let's not do that anymore. And that was in fifty two or fifty four. Yeah, definitely not not a well known fact today at all yeah. that but Jerry, I didn't know that until just now. Jerry Wexler. Have you ever heard of Muscle Shoals? No. Both of those names ring a faint bell. Muscle Shoals was a place in. I'm glad no one's listening to this because I, don't, I yeah. it's somewhere in the, in the <laughs> south, and it was from in the, in the late '60s to mid '70s. It was very well known as a recording studio. There was a very well known recording studio there that housed just like a birth of a lot of, of music at the time, and he was well known producer that used Muscle Shoals and stuff. But during that time, he, he he recorded people like Ray Charles. He he did. Uh, Bob Dylan and did Aretha Franklin. Those are like wow. three, I'd say. That's all you need. He was a big guy. I, I think one of my biggest takeaways from reading about him, by that I mean reading his Wikipedia, which isn't honestly that dense, is oh yeah, funny. One funny fact is you know uh, they put a movie out called Aretha, or was it called Respect, or was it called Franklin? I'm not sure. Okay. A movie about her in 2018. Mark Maron played Jerry Wexler. How about it? Because he, he, he did play a pretty prominent role in her life. And I was like, oh, Mark Maron, I could see it. But Jew music producer, like that, that, that adds up. But he, uh, he was quoted as saying the two words he wanted on his gravestone were more bass. And I was like, hell yeah, Jerry Wexler. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm down with Jerry Wexler now. Mia texted me that. I said it to her. I was like, yo, this guy coined Rhythm and Blues. And then she went on to read it. And she sent me that. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, so anyway, so they recorded over the two nights. And, you know, we'll get into... Uh, you did not You did not do any research, Russ. No, no, of course not. Because I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. It, it. it spans a lot of gospel music, but also peppers in some contemporary compositions that were gospel E. So that's that's what they're that's what we're doing. We're gonna we're gonna get into it again. I believe it. 
But uh, yeah, I'm excited. Let's go to church. It's uh, Dong. this is uh, Dong. a big, Dong. big change. So uh, we're gonna start off first track. Mary, don't you weep? Are you ready? Wham, wham. Let's do it. So Paul and I were talking before before this, and uh, we were like, "Man, we can't play the whole album. We have to play snippets." But it is very difficult to find snippets in this album. This album is an hour and a half long. More than a couple tracks are over five minutes. Yep. And you just heard that. I mean, like this song, it, that that's what we just played is the basis of what that song is, but it isn't the breadth. No, it, it, that song starts there and it repeats the lyrics, tells a bit of a story and then, it, yep. but it builds the entire time. So it's yep. like a, it's just, it means a, it's a classic in the, in, in that way, it's a classic intro song. Yeah. Interesting noting. Um, so you can find the track list of when they actually recorded, uh, the, the two nights they did two different set lists or whatever. Uh-huh. And this is not the intro on either of them. And I'll How about it? That's insane because this is the obvious opening track. Ha. This Wexler. I'm gonna, I want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to use him as like the, the reference for arranging production. Yeah, he probably wasn't the, even there. Yeah, the guy who came in is like, eh. <laughs> Someone thought that this shouldn't be the opening track, and Wexler was like, no, 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 no. That's the opening track. This is the opening track. This song is one of my, I want to say, one of my top two highlights of this of this album. This song was a highlight for you. This song was a highlight for me. Absolutely. 100%. Right. Let's, let's break it down. What about the song did you, uh, what about the song Drew Yen? I, I mean, I'm a sucker. I'm an absolute sucker for buildups. Intro tracks are some of my favorite, and this is, you can't get more basic structure than this. It's seven and a half minutes of just building and building, and I, I, I love it. I love it. it and I, I also, which we will get into many times during this album, I'm, I, I actually, I think I've recently found out because of this album, I'm a sucker for choirs, and this song just gives it. Yeah, I mean, as far choir. as choirs go, yeah, this, this choir does it. If this choir doesn't do it for you, move on. You're not a choir person. <laughs> this is this is a serious choir uh, deal. I uh, what about what about you? Is, is, uh... I I mean I I, I think uh, you know I, I'm huge on on songwriting and, and lyrics, and this song is um, is a sto- it's telling a story about Moses and opening the sea up, and something about the Pharaoh's eyes. It's uh, really, yeah, it's really 
really drawn a comparison between the pharaohs and Moses and saying, Mary, don't you weep over it, over that. Uh-huh. Um, that really confuses me for a lot of different reasons, considering the timeline of Moses, the Pharaoh's story, and Mary's existence on earth, oh. um, all of those. Actually, I want to I want to chime in there, and this is what I, I do want to I want to note this, and this is gonna be something that we're gonna have to think about for all of this. Which is, I didn't know this going into it. A few, quite a few of these songs are very a old, and b uh, some of them can't even be contributed to writers. None of these songs Aretha Franklin wrote herself, which I guess oh, yeah. may, may have guessed. But this one particularly um, is from like the Civil War era, and uh, I ha- I have here just. I don't know the story about it, but it is not that Mary. It oh. is the sister of Lazarus, Mary of Bethany, that they're talking about. Wow. Okay. So there you go. So that that's different Mary. to make a little bit more sense. I don't know about Lazarus at all, but it is not that Mary. I do know that for a fact. I didn't read that. There was a lot of history into this album. Yeah. Touched on, and this 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 one. Uh, one other note, I just want I, I have it here, and I thought it was so interesting. The first recording of this song. It's from 1915 by the Fisk Jubilee Singers, a black acapella group from Fisk University, one of the first all-black colleges that's from Tennessee. Wow. Okay, so this is a deep, deep yeah, African-American yeah. song. Yeah, that's why I'm like, getting into this album at all, I'm like, I feel like I can't even touch because I'm like, shit, there was so much here I have no, I have no knowledge about. Yeah, yeah, that, you're, you're that, opening, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, yeah, 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 opening a whole thing. It's not listening to an indie pop record and being like, yeah, they wrote some songs. Like, yeah, that oh guitarist rules. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh boy. <laughs> well, so there was something there, was something there that, that to me, so I dug a little bit into to, to um, some blues type stuff. And, yeah. Definitely. And of course, I've always been into that. Um, but the piano riff in this song is a blues riff yeah. that you would normally hear on a guitar or just played on a piano. Right. Uh, it's almost like Muddy Waters-esque or like John Lee Hooker-esque in that, in that nature. Um, and and I, I was thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? The, the churches didn't play songs like that until the 1940s, 1950s. Before, you know, this song, when it was played in 1915 or so, Whenever that, whenever that was, certainly would not have had the blues. So, oh no, the, no they're no. taking this and they're and they're, exactly. and they're or maybe you know, depending on where you played it at. But, um, but it's just it's fascinating to see now, you know, mm-hmm. well now, consider how much has changed since 19, 1972 when this came out. But to to change from the nineteen fifties to and forties to the nineteen seventies, yeah, um, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, so so yeah, I think that's what this album is. It's 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 in court, taking gospel, and you know, I don't know if gospel by itself is necessarily blues influence, but there is t- so much blues in this album. Oh yes, there's there's a ton, and I had no idea. And like, you can hear like they just pair well together. It totally works in a way, and uh, yeah, it's something where it's like obviously it didn't start like these songs. Yeah, yeah, like this is an old song. Obviously, it didn't sound like this. This is her saying, this is what I grew up with, I think. And this is how I know the songs. And this is how I want to. Yeah, well, I mean, so is is this church where they're recording it, is it her dad's church? No, no. They're, she's from uh, Detroit, Michigan, actually. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, yeah, so yeah. she's not from Southern California. No, the Reverend, uh, what's his name? Reverend James Cleveland, I believe, is from L.A., but I could be wrong. No, James Cleveland, yeah, James Cleveland. But her dad says she grew up with James Cleveland, so actually probably not. No, I think they just recorded it in L.A. Okay. 
And also, I want it to be noted, throughout this album, you can hear the crowd. Again, this is a live album. I don't know if there's actually a like people in the church or if it's just the choir reacting to her. Because obviously, we hear people reacting to her. Oh, wow. That's a, that, is a, that is a great point because I, I totally thought, man, if this was a crowd, this would be a lot louder. Yes. So well, maybe I, think it it's, is. I don't think it's a big church, and, but it also could be the choir. Like, I, 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 even if you had... 30 people if if some people are making noises they're all making noises you know so yeah yeah yeah. so i'm not sure i i i would bet that it's just the choir i think i think you're probably right there yeah the choir just going fucking just loving her a couple times especially yep so yeah i don't know i think this is a great i, I think it's solid it you can't get more what this album is going to be than listening to this song you're like you're prepared it's like this isn't what the whole album sounds like necessarily, but you are. If you listen to seven and a half minutes of this, you are prepared for what is to come. Yeah, That's yeah, I definitely. Say. I so I yeah, and listening to this album straight is very easy. Listening to song by song is very difficult. Um, it blends into its background music yes. really, 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 really well, yeah. and each song blends together well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely a uh, a easy easy pick as an opening track. And uh, with that, let's, let's move on to track number two. We got um, it's a medley. Precious Lord, take my hand. Slash, you've got a friend. Let's uh, let's get into it. Yep. Hard not to feel that, right? I, yeah, I say it's a medley, but we're just playing a little bit from Precious Lord Take My Hand. But that is, um, I, I think I might jump ahead. Can I, can I, can I just yeah. pick a random place? Let's, we yeah, have yeah. to hear the back half a little bit. You got a mighty good everlasting friend in Jesus. Show do, show do, yeah, show do, yeah, show do, How yeah. good is that that second part of the song? Okay, so you know how earlier I was like, it's mostly classical gospel music with some contemporary compositions peppered in. Yeah, that's, oh, like, that's straight out of the 70s. 71 Carol King. This is yeah, there you go. contemporary for this. And I was like, I found that I was like, oh, that's why that song slaps. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, I, I wrote down, I'm like, this is a pop song uh, straight out of the 70s. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so that's Carol King. That, that makes total sense why it sounds like that. Oh my god. But man, is this song entertaining. I mean, from this, start to finish, I'm not sure there's an eight bar that's boring. 
that uh, that that's true. I think this also might be um, one of my one of definitely one of my highlights from this. Album. This is gonna be one of those things where every time a song for every song you're like, this was a no. highlight. Well, you know, because I said that in the last song, but then we listen to this and I'm like, mm. no, I definitely have some. I, I was surprised to hear. I mean, Mary, uh, don't you weep is probably one of the one of the more boring songs on the what uh, album in my regard, but. Okay. You you said it yourself. You're, if you're a sucker for intros and you like the long build up, exactly. I mean, for me it's like yeah, you're just saying the same thing over and over again. Yeah. That's more of that. But you know, I understand it as as like a as a mantra type of song. It's like a yeah. a repetitive from that perspective. Exactly. It's uh it's yeah. powerful. So Mary Pressing Man, I just want to start. Out, I I think we're I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to give the little bit of history before we jump into it. Nice. So I got one. I got like at least one note on each of these about the history. I've never. It's crazy. Nice. Um, so the melodies from this song, from Precious Lord, Take My Hand, originated in the Civil War times, but the song structure composition is from 1937 by a Thomas A. Dorsey, a minister and song composers. It is huh. MLK's favorite song. Precious and, Lord, Take My Hand? Yep. And has been done many times by many famous artists. Nice. Favorite song. MLK. MLK is one of his favorite songs. I get it. That's all I gotta say. Well, this, I mean, this is it's is this is a core, some core elements of blues and gospel. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, I, 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 I'm not even worth saying gospel, but, um, but man, it's like you're down and out. You need love. I mean, I think the first I wrote that. I think I wrote down the first line. When you're down and out, you need love and care. That's it. You know? That's what song's about. This song is literally come with me. We're gonna make it better. This is this is this is this is the down and out song. I I it, 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 to me, this song more than more so than other songs, I'm like, this song is the raising up to heavens song. Like you're like you feel yourself like ah yeah, <laughs> it's up, yeah. up and up. As opposed to like Mary Don't You Weep, which is the build-up song. Like, that's not the raising. This song is raising. Yeah, it's very uplifting. Yeah. And I want to give a highlight to Tom slash, I believe, maybe even Congos on this yeah. song. They have some really cool, I don't even call them fills. They're too sparse to be called fills, but they're very pronounced. A lot of oh, the yeah. I marked the same thing. Yeah, a lot of the instrumentation is interesting. Like, what the wherever, however they recorded this, they. The instrumentation is usually very far back, but a couple points, it just pops right up to the front. Okay, so here's what I wrote. Here's what I wrote, and I'm gonna take what you just said, and and it, it actually fits in perfectly. This song is like rafting. It's like a rafting uh, ride in Disneyland. Mm. It's not gonna be too crazy, but there's gonna be a few points where you're like, whoa, yeah. But the whole thing's a little bit wavy yeah. so like the breakdowns yeah. aren't huge but they're nice yeah and and they keep you uh so it's a, it's a sitter it's nice you sit on it you, yeah. and you just enjoy it yeah and you just enjoy it that's that's a good point because there's some points that i'll be like whoa <laughs> like this mm-hmm. song isn't quite that but it hits all the best notes equally kind of thing you got the organ yep. you got the choir the back half you got that bass that is just to me absolutely amazing yeah the the the, 
Yeah, the bass. The I want to I want to meet the bassist and the pianist on on this album because they're both have got to be some of just the most in the pocket dudes. It's a good way to put it in the pocket. Yeah, that's exactly what this is. Yeah, it's interesting. So they did, she did this gospel song and then made it and then paired it with this super contemporary, also gospel song that's still you know whatever. Yeah, you know, they work the same key. So, it works. Yeah, it works so well together. It was a good call. A good, yeah. a good um, again, compliments to the parent of uh, the, the, the what do you call it? what do you call it? track list thing? You know, where it's like the build up and then boom, this right into it. It's not another too much, it's not a down low, it's a right you peak and then you plateau with this song. And it's, it's great. And then, and then you go to another peak and then you go to a peak, old landmark. So, we got next. Are you ready? To, yeah, Yvonne, you want to get into it? Yeah, let's go. We'll start, we're starting this one from the beginning. Let's uh, let's do it. This is uh this is definitely something that I, I was waiting for. My first listen through, I was like, "All right, when are they gonna fucking go ham?" And this was, this was when I was like, "Oh, there yeah. it is!" On the bus, and I was like, "Oh, I'm not ready for this at 8 a.m. in the morning." Like, uh huh. He's they're giving it to you. Yeah, I listened to this song three times in a row. The first time I played the through. For anyone who's looking for bass lessons, just play this song on repeat and enjoy yourself. You want to walk? It's a good walk. It's a strut. It's a, bum, bum, bum. It's a jog. I'm pretty sure the bass line is going from the root to the fifth several times here. Where it's like boom, bum, boom, bum, boom, bum, boom, yeah. bum, boom, yeah. bum, which is a really not a good idea in a lot of different <laughs> circumstances. But but this song has so much momentum behind it, especially yeah. with all the percu- heavy percussion and the choir work, that it, it it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just it's yeah. kind of like just create. Let's create some chaos here, and uh, yeah. yeah, and that's that's. That's what. Oh, and 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 eventually it gets to a point where it's like a drum circle in the song, where it's like yeah. it's like hypnotizing. You know? It's yeah, like, it's, it's a just big whirlwind of energy, and you're just like, oh my god, I can't yeah. even comprehend the musicalness. Like, yeah. Well, okay, let's let's I'm gonna skip ahead. Let's let's get it because I got a thing about her who yes, and I want to catch that. I want to catch that real quick. I'm gonna, we're gonna jump back in, okay? <laughs> jamming they're, they're jamming it's fish they're, they're having jam they're having a good old time that's what it's about this, i'm like this, i didn't go to church they're playing straight up blues jam on stage right now yeah i mean it's a party this, yeah, is, this, this, is a, this is a party with with church lyrics this is about 
everyone being so down to be saved by Jesus and knowing that they're going to heaven, they're already partying. That's what it is. It's like a celebration because we're saved yeah. type of song. Yeah, that's how I see it. Oh, oh so what is it? Do, do you know? Do you have anything? Is like, is this an older I don't song? Lyrics? I don't read the lyrics. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, you can't. It's really hard to, to understand any of the lyrics on on this album in general. That, that's that's a vibe up. I get. The vibe I get is that they're like, we got it. We're yeah. Nothing that. That is also the vibe I get. I mean, being a person, actually, but like the good thing is we found Jesus, and you know, like so we're saved. But. Yeah, I wrote down. You want to sing and dance for the entire second half of the song. So I can't. I can't imagine being in that room. She's got this voice, and I guess you're gonna have some detraction from him. Like for me, listen to him. Like I'm never a singing person. Never a lyricist. Never a singing person that gets like, like American Idol, whatever. Like that shit never woos me. I'm never like, Whoa. like cool. They're a good singer, but I will say there are moments in this album where I'm like, I get emotional listening to her singing i'm like how could you not yeah she's in full exertion several several wow. points yep i am i'm like i i'm mm-hmm. floored there's a couple times floored but just it's not her singing it's the emotion yeah it's it's the it's the complete into it that she is. yeah 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 totally it, she's she yeah it's palpable she's 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 a master of of yeah. technical ability to the point where she can Ex- ex- express emotion truly um, like, yeah truly at, yeah yeah because she has no limits to her vocal capabilities yeah she wants to hit a low note she hits a low note she wants to hit the highest note you can hit she hits the highest <laughs> note you can hit it's really really <laughs> remarkable and yeah. it's not easy not not difficult to find out why aretha franklin uh made it yeah yes Again, going yeah, going with no knowledge about her to listen to this. I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is her not pop album, but this sold so well too. No one thought it was going to. And it sold did it really? Well. Yeah, I think it will play. Could be wrong, but they did very well. I I I saw when I was I was doing a Google search for one of the songs, and I saw one of the Google searches was "Amazing Grace" movie Aretha Franklin. Yeah, so I did read about that. Sydney Pollock actually directed it, and. Basically, Other movies by Sidney Pollock, just for reference. I don't know any Sidney Pollock. I don't no, know. No, you know it's funny. He did Tootsie, and I'm like, I feel like I should know other films by him. But then I, I'm like, do I just get it confused with Pollock, the painter? And then that might be the case. I always think he directed Dog Day Afternoon, but he didn't. That's the other guy. So he did. That's not thing. Oh, let me, let me, let me, let me oh my god! Oh no, that's the exec producer. <laughs> Acting roles. Give me. Yeah, he was more. I think he was more, more of a producer. Oh, directing and producing. Uh, oh, either way. So there was, there was Amazing Grace the movie. No, it wasn't a movie. It was just a documentary about this album. Baby. That's that's wild because so I texted. Yeah, how about that? I texted our dad and I was like, "Hey, we're I'm listening to Aretha Franklin." Yeah. Amazing Grace, and he was like, I think there's a documentary about that. Yeah, so that's what it is. But it got thrown out, and then it got brought back and released 2018. So it is out there. It does exist. It got released 2018 when she died. Yeah. How about it? Yeah, she didn't want to release or something. I, there was some problems with it. I, I, I'm not exactly sure. I don't I don't remember. Wow. So that Did this hit the charts? Did this billboard chart?
I'm sure it did in gospel, but. I'd be really, really surprised to see if any of the songs on this album made it to the yeah, top 100. Yeah, it's like there's, there's no way a song did. I feel like there's a possibility that the album itself charted. I don't care about the critical reception. See this documentary. I can't find anything about it charting. It doesn't look like it. I don't think so. Jerry Wexler, producer. There he is. Your I mean, boy. The, the, the audio is excellent on on this. And it, yeah. It's it's markedly excellent considering the difficulty of recording yep. that, that many people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, not to be surprised. I mean, she already had a couple of major hit albums before this, so yeah. I'd say a little prayer come up, but we don't have to go on tangents. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's 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 let's, 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 let's go. Let's let's, let's take a second. Give ourselves to Jesus. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yeah, I don't want to spend too much time on this because there's a whole, that, that's three minutes in and, um, the vibe is, this is one of the songs where it is that the whole time. And then I, I just think it's kind of cool that she does do this, this, this uh, passage from the Bible in the middle of it. Yeah, so is, uh, the song was super boring. Yeah, it's really boring. It's very boring. It's five minutes long, and I'm like... I thought it was a different choir. I actually thought as I was listening through this that it might be a different choir the entire time. Every, every song might be a different choir. Like she was going around recording songs with different choirs. Um, just because this was just so much different, but it's just, it's just a song, just the song's different. So yeah, understandable. No, I don't know. It's just, it's really just like, it's, it's, it, it's, it makes sense in the album, but I think this could have been one that they could. If you're a huge fan of Jesus, you should go listen to this song. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is where the gospel, this is where the, the biblical thing don't really sit well with me. I like the emotions. I like some of the musical structure. But yeah, this one just didn't, did not hit with me at all. It's good. Me neither. It's just boring. It's just boring. Yep. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's kind of it. I think it's perfectly defined as I was writing another word and I stopped writing it. It turned out as just poo. So. I, um... Uh, my, my one note, my one note, I, I, I feel like I want to mention, I, mean, I don't know if it's worth mentioning, but the, I believe that the quote, this passage that she says during it is parts of it are lifted for the speech that Samuel Jackson gives in Pulp Fiction. Oh, well, please bring that up. Do you want me to read the? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes, please. find it real quick ezekiel 25 17 yeah i just want to i want to read it off i'm not going to do a samuel in person 
you know, it's whatever's in your comfort zone. The path of the righteous man is beset on all sides by the iniquities of the selfish and the tyranny of evil men. Blessed is he who, in the name of charity and goodwill, shepherds the weak through the valley of darkness, for he is truly his brother's keeper and the finder of lost children. And I will strike down upon thee with a great vengeance and furious anger those who attempt to poison destroy my brothers. And you who will know I am the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon you. Now I now realizing none of the things are correct. None of them are similar except for shepherds. He does say shepherds. Cool. All right. There's a word. There is Excellent. a word. But hey, great quote though. My God. Now I've been saying that shit for years. And if you ever heard it, that meant your ass is dead. I never gave much thought to that, what it meant, but I just thought it was some cold blooded thing to say to a motherfucker before I popped the cap in his ass. But I saw some shit this morning that made me think twice. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's an excellent. Man, I, sorry. I haven't watched full fiction in a while, but that, that's, uh, that's fine. Anyway. I How I got over. But hey, it's fun. I hope anyone out there did like my rendition of Samuel Jackson's Life and Pulp If you did, yeah, like and uh, comment and say, Jay, or message us personally and let us know. Man, it's a clapper. Tell, tell me, tell me that is not some just naked pure vocals right there. Because because there's there's a tone in there that it's not practiced at all. It's just it's just raw and it's and it's just something that only you know each each human has their unique voice and that is just pure Aretha right there. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, she's not trying too hard. She's just going into it. I, I didn't I didn't consider that, but you're totally right. That is a, that is what her voice is. That's that's the the, the middle. Yeah, uh, not for, reaching at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's different points, but this in this album for sure, for and sure. Like, she's yeah, she's not trying to hit notes. The thing I really like about this song is compared to uh, let's say previously we listened to um, old landmark. It's like that song is a lot. Is it is. This and that are both high energy songs, but I like this one is a little bit more of a wave as opposed to, you know, how you said where it was just like kind of a mass confusion. This song is a little Yeah, bit yeah, yeah. It's, just, got a, it's got a smoother evolution for sure. Yeah. Can yeah. you go back and can you play that first riff? Um, yeah, let's, let's see what I can do. That, literally the zero zero. Oh, right from the beginning, huh? Yep. I have uh, I have it actually in here about uh, Ray Charles because I'm like, is that the same? It's not Ray Charles. It's um, it's uh, hard I, to handle by Otis Redding. I I I think of I got a woman way over down. But I guess yeah, it's, the, let's 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 check it out. Oh. 
Otis Redding. Baby, here I am, I'm a man on the scene. Okay, is it bad that I only know? I only the Black really, Crows version. I really thought that. Yeah, that I think that's that's a that's a that's a. Uh, that's bad, right? It's a music sin. Yeah, it's an eternal music sin. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I know, I know that version. I think I'm actually not sure anymore. I don't know anymore. That's I don't know it's right. real anymore. All I know is the Black Crows are the kings of gospel and soul. That's right. <laughs> that is right. Wait, Otis Redding. She, yeah, no, she famously covers some other famous songs later as well uh, yeah otis Redding has been covered a billion yeah. billion times i just thought she was uh it was sam cook i believe who turned her on to pop music and i was getting confused. sure sure sam cook was big in the 60s i think early 60s yeah she was the one who was like aretha this is some secular music <laughs> she's like hey yeah, yeah, yeah. so the, the beginning of this song the sun looks back and wonders how i got over it is it sounds more contemporary i don't know if it is but Posed in 1951 by Clara Clara Ward. Yeah, that sounds woman right. by uh, during her traveling of racially segregated South states. So, wow! Oh, so she's going back and being like, "How uh, how this is this we got this past song this?" Is how I got over racist sentiments in the South. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So funny. Written in 1951. In 2020, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well. Not over it. I'm not yeah. over it. Over it. Probably... <laughs> yeah. But man, what a what a triumph, though. Yeah. It, I mean, it's a really powerful song. This it this is, song it, is a song that anyone should play is to get you get you kind of in the mood, get yeah. hyped up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. The is it is it bad to say that um this song made me realize or made me think of the music that's in the Hercules Disney movie. <laughs> and I, I was like, know. yo, why did they play gospel music through Hercules? I don't know. I haven't watched Hercules, Hercules lately. Listen to it. They play got the whole soundtrack is gospel. Really? Yeah. Oh. They have the black choir. There's four women who are telling the story about it. And they're all like, they're on the Greek vase or whatever. And they're singing, oh, wow. singing gospel music. And I'm like, why did that happen? But this song specifically made me be like... Oh, like, there's definitely a good know. reason for that. Yeah, the mythologizing. I don't know. It's interesting. It was a inter- it's just an interesting call. I, I'll tell you what. Disney, Pixar animators, they, they know storytelling and, and history and weaving in history right. and concepts and better than... Better than uh, I would say, just about anybody on Earth. Some of those stories are absolutely brilliant. But that's funny. I that makes me want to go back and listen and, and watch, watch that it. movie. I like Hercules. I think Hercules is worth a rewatch. Yeah, I haven't watched it since I was a kid. You watch? Do you have Disney Plus? I don't think you do. No. I could I could send you a login. Not a Disney Plusinator or whatever they call those. You gotta watch The Mandalorian though. It is worth watching. It was a lot of fun. You would have not done that either. I'm sure, I'm sure I would like it though. You would, you would like it. Anyway, this um, is another song with great bongos in it. Great bongos. I great another great instrumental recording, honestly. It's another like very real present track where you're like, wow, I feel like I'm fully there. I'm in this church right now. Yeah, I, I, it's funny that you say now that it's a two-day recording because there's there's a few times where Aretha's voice cracks. Uh, there's a few times where the instruments get off beat. 
there's 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 a lot of there's a lot of little mistakes in this album yeah. but but i think uh now that you say so that there's they're switching between two days i think man i mean i mean as you know when we get when you get into a music session that's more than two hours long you start to experience some different yeah. Yeah, some yeah, it's yeah. It, you, you, it, it evolves into its own thing and you get momentum and yeah. things get things get crazy i have a friend who who plays who only solely produces music in eight hour sessions where he'll just go all in on a song for eight hours because you you get in this zone so i think you know um rolling from song to song is a lot easier when you have that momentum and maybe some of these songs were just like they had to kill the momentum so it got lower you know they overcorrected or mm -hmm. so, something simple like that can happen uh, especially with a choir of so many people um and who knows how much they pr they were able to practice before going yeah. into these because i'm yeah. sure they've played these a billion times i'm sure they've played them a billion times but i feel like this particular instance was i think by and large thrown together that's uh, uh, i i'm saying that with no experience i'm just saying like i it's that's the feel i got this it's very loose that there's ad-libbing yeah but that gives it the light the 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 liveliness that's in it is that the, it seems like they just kind of got together like hey, yeah but everyone knew the songs because they're these classic gospel songs. And they're like, yeah, we all know the songs. Let's just get together and play up here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Then yeah, that that all adds up. That all adds up. All right. Yeah. Do you want do you want to take a little break really quick? I want to grab a beer and. Uh... All right, back from the break, and uh, yeah, we're gonna move on to the next song. What, what a friend. A friend. We have in Jesus. Jesus. Not gonna, to be confused <laughs> with give yourself to Jesus. This is what we, a friend we have in Jesus. A different song. Both songs. contain the answer in Sunday school, but this one's a little different. Yeah. So uh, let's kind of do it. Well, so okay, let let me so, take this back for a second, because because yeah, throughout this album and Amazing Grace especially, and we'll get to that next, but I'm it's it's almost impossible to follow along with her lyrics because she she's taking these words and just building, yeah. and and you can tell they're just there's just a there's a mutual understanding with the choir and the yeah. and the and the band, and they're they're just this is they're just jamming, but she's repeating words the entire time. Yeah. Which has to be fun as hell, but that's basically the comment I have on it. I mean, yeah, it's just she's just ad libbing an album, which is on an album, which to me is just you would never ever have that happen today. No, 
Absolutely not. And not have that album do well. <laughs> yeah, no, no. The album would crash so and burn along with very your career. Well. I think, yeah, this is coming at a time when I think that's the tie-in to the gospel music. You know, I think that's one of those things where it's like, I don't have experience in this, but I have a feeling that, that this what she's doing in this album is something that happens fairly frequently. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like maybe once a service, they, they do a song and the, the lead singer does something along this line, obviously not as well, but yeah. So this is super interesting where it's like, she is just going ham a lot. It seems like a lot of times she's doing her thing and everyone else is doing their thing. Like it is, they're an audience and they're watching her a lot of it. Well, I mean, she, she's guiding it. She, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's also a few times where but she, she literally says, let's do that again. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then yeah. they'll do the part again. And now I'm not sure if what, that what song is, be- is that in this song? Uh, oh crap! Let me see if I wrote no, it down. No, it's, right, it's okay. It's, it's not. It's not super necessary. But that's I never got that. That is hilarious. Yeah. So I'm not sure if that's if that's because they they they've had planned that and that's is a repeat type mm-hmm. of deal. But but for sure uh, that's what's going on. And it makes me it makes me wonder because I don't we don't know anything about gospel, right? It's like it's right. yeah, yeah, you know. And and had it always been like that, um, especially with gospel recordings, because I don't know the, the furthest I go into into a gospel is Creed and Switchfoot. Um, Creed, so. Creed's a gospel band. Creed's no. a uh, not a gospel band. That's I guess they're a religious band. They're religious. Yeah, like yeah, so Christian rock. They're not gospel. Yeah, I, I guess I kind of use misuse the word there. So I don't know any gospel bands would be the best way to say it. One Republic was. <laughs> One Republic was a previously a Christian rock band. You toss some bongos and some drums and some bells in there. I don't know what you got. I don't know what you got is all I'm saying. <laughs> Seems my life is gonna change. Woo! I close my eyes. Not even as a joke, you will please don't ever pick a Creed album. I'll be so upset. No, not for a whole week of life. Okay, sorry. Gotta love gospel. <laughs> I love classic gospel music like Creed. <laughs> no, no. Hey, Dad, someone... look what I found. That's <laughs> just so we have a real conversation with you. You know gospel music? Oh, I love Creed. <laughs> <laughs> There's at least 10,000 people in the United States who think that exact thing. Well, you, you just did. I want. I want to mention. So we're talking about. Oh uh, yeah, now that ten thousand one. I want to give my my little backstory. So, written as a poem by preacher Joseph M. Scriven, eighteen fifty five. He was Irish. Wow. For his ailing mother. This is a the poem. It was a hymn, a poem. But they they it turned gradually with time turned into a gospel song. Wow. Which is what she then took. 
So she didn't turn into a gospel song. It was a gospel song already, but it 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 turned into one thing, and then she took it and made it another thing. Now with you know whatever her additions are to it. Bing Crosby has done something. Ella Fitzgerald has done this song. This is a this is a standard, as you call it. We have we what a friend we have in Jesus. I, yeah, I had no idea. Isn't it incredible, though, that some where these songs originate? I mean, so far you've mentioned slavery yep. ending. Yep. Um, uh, uh, mom probably dying. Yep. Um, and, and what was the other one that you we were talking about, the, the origin another, of it? I have another. I have another. It, it, it was, it was the melodies were from civil war but the actual song is from a different minister and then we got oh. you know then we got carol king and we got another gospel song but yeah i mean yeah they just they get they got a lot to it and i, I god you know and that i just we cannot just go go ahead with uh, amazing grace at this point so i'm just gonna go into that because i cannot wait to share with you cool what i feel like i should have known for a very long time Amazing grace. It was. It was. I want the world to know that it was. It was. It was. It was. It was. Praise the this was uh, an instance where this song is near 11 minutes long and um, very hard to pick a point out because dense. And it all pretty much sounds like this. I, I can't call this a song. What? Right? I can't call this a, a song. It doesn't follow a f- common song format. Yeah. Okay. So I guess that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it. First of all, it doesn't even go through the entire Amazing Grace song. It's not even so. close. It doesn't. It barely makes it through halfway. Yeah. And she repeats like every other word. Yeah. So it's like it's like a deep, deep, deep cut Amazing Grace. Yeah. If deep cut I'm sorry, if Amazing Grace was an album, this is a deep cut off of the song. <laughs> yeah. Amazing Grace. Yeah, which album. is which is not it's like they zoomed in on Amazing Grace and yeah. like picked Let's the just do that part. <laughs> yeah. And, and make it a And make it ten minute. minutes. Yeah. Ten fifty eight. Ten forty eight, sorry. Um, so yeah, I just want to say real quick, this song was written in 1779 by a British man named John Newton. I'm going to give you three guesses on to what John Newton did for a living. Three guesses, John Newton, uh, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. So I'm guessing he was a can- cannoneer. Wow, that's interesting. But no, uh, you're close. A cannon is on what? A, a cannon is on a hill. What? No, no. But if you're if you're transporting it, maybe. Oh, I don't know. A wagon. It was Over a, the water. <laughs> I was. A, I was gonna say the my next guess was gonna be a captain on a ship. Mm-hmm. Now, now the interesting thing isn't that he's a captain on a ship, but it's what he's transporting as a captain of that slaves. Ship. Oh yeah, he was a slave ship captain, and he wrote the song. He eventually found Christianity, became an evangelical Christian, 
and then was very down with abolition. He okay, so Britain eventually abolishing the slave trade. So, so this is a song about a guy coming clean with his yep. realization that slavery is wrong. Yep, that's that's absolutely incredible. Yep, Ama- uh, amazing. <laughs> I was like, it's perfect. Shit, I I wow, it blew me away. I had no idea. I love it. I, no, when do you get a story like that with a song that is that powerful by itself, like and sung by slaves grace. the entire time? Yep. Uh-huh. I thought it was a slave song, and it was yep. like about the bell of freedom or something like that. Yep. Nope. Written by a former slave ship captain turned Christian abolitionist. That is that is so cool. That was perfect. Uh, yep. Talk about poetic justice. I mean, it's yeah the way it's played through history is poetic justice. Was he a musician? Did he play the song, or did he just write it? I think he is just it a poem? I don't think he was a. I think he wrote the hymn, but I don't think he was. It was, much of, it was very, very common for it was. It would just be it start off as a poem and then yeah, it would yeah, turn yeah, into yeah. a song. I think so. that's kind of what it was. So, yeah, that's that's seventeen seventy. Seventeen seventy nine. Yes. Wow. Right, three years after this young country became a country. Um. Yeah, but let's let's get into Aretha Franklin's version. I, you know, I'm going to say, I'm going to be honest. This is my le- one of my least favorite songs. I, this song is extremely difficult to listen to. I, I, it's really hard. It, 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 it smells strongly of what happens when you're deep in a music session and you completely get caught up with your own band and forget that anyone's listening. Like you're just yeah. so deep and enjoying the performance that you forget that anyone is, is, is listening. So like, I feel like if you're not there, it's really difficult to appreciate it. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, I, I mean, I maybe, okay. I can see people being huge fans of Aretha and huge gospel fans and being so down with this, but outside of that, I have a hard time. Anyone being like, this is, this is so obviously, yeah released on an LP and this is on the third side and it's on the B side, the, the, the first side of the C side, A, B, C, D. This is the end of the C side. I can't imagine anyone not being like, Oh no, sorry. This is on the tail end of the B side. And I can't imagine anyone being like, all right, <laughs> like either just skipping the B side altogether, or maybe a little bit into this. Just like, all right, we can move on. Like it's just, it's so long. There's a it's lot so, going on. It's so long. No, I, I would like to meet the people who say that. I, I actually would be very curious to meet somebody yeah. who's like the best version of Amazing Grace is Aretha Franklin's. Yeah. I, I, I imagine that those people exist. I, she's I have just, no she's problems with it, but it's, it's just, just yeah, it's not for me. Too much. I don't know. It's too much. It's and so and she's, she's repeating it. She's just repeating the words so much like it's yeah, like I said, the caught up in the performance, yeah. caught up in the performance. Yeah, I think the way you describe it is really the the way we could we could appreciate it, and I think I think we can just kind of.
<laughs> I can't believe that was a minute. <laughs> was a, was, I know it just flies by. Now I think I said at the end of the last episode, I was like, "This is going to be the one that you're going to listen to a lot." Did you listen to it a lot? No, no, I listened to it three times, maybe. Okay, because I was like, I gotta, I got, not not like it's a problem that you did that, but I'm like, I was like, I gotta listen to it enough to get past the every song sounds the same because they were gospel songs. Oh, oh, the album. Yeah, I had to take breaks. I never made it once through the entire album. Oh, neither did I. Actually, yeah, neither did I. Definitely not that. But I just mean like as a whole. I, I just need to listen to the songs enough times to get past the every song is the same, so I can get the nuances of every song. And this was definitely one of the ones that stuck out to me. Upon yeah, the word, yeah, as sounding like this is a different sound. Well, yeah. What 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 got it? What 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 about yeah? What about this song? What about this sound, song? This this song is just fucking. I guess sad isn't the right word, but it's 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 melancholy, and it's the vibe of this whole song that uh, I, I honestly really. That's the vibe, yeah. It's this. It's okay. It's it's this. Fir- the first line that we just listened to: "Precious memories, how they linger, how they ever flood my soul." It's this nostalgic, looking back on the past, and 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 what how they're singing it just comes to be like this mournful way. But it's funny because it's like precious memories, but they're, you're sad that they're gone. I'm not sure, but that's how they're singing. It's like, it's one of those things where you could read the lyrics, but hearing it brings this entirely new emotional connectivity to it where you're like, that's could be, could mean a bunch of different things. Yeah. And well, there's also like that. Yeah. Yeah. So this was this, oh, dude, this, oof, this one got me. This, this, this song makes me emotional. What we just listened to just made, it makes me emotional. Yeah, understandably, understandably. So, so it's a uh, some really great arrangement work and mm-hmm. drawing up of the structure um, and chord changes. And and you got the nice blues guitar. Yep. Blues guitar has been in the background of the whole album. This one is yep. finally a tad bit louder. It's still really quiet. Yeah, but that that comes in. Um, they also bring in a duet on this song. Mm-hmm. And the duet that the, the male singer is yeah it's is the Reverend. Is, is, I, I assume it is, but I didn't want to say it because I don't know. But really powerful yeah. duet between the two. Um, I actually, so I actually took away that this is a really, really positive song. I, I um, that's what I was saying. I was saying melancholy to me isn't a bad thing. I, I don't think it's a sad. I think it's more just like uh, maybe reflective reflective exactly it's not like it's not you're not sad you're not like looking you're not look a you're not looking back on bad memories or b you're not sad about having the memories as you're well. right well it's precious memories so and then exactly. they say they're the meaningful song, and they have oh, they carry weight i feel like yeah that's kind of what this is they carry weight and uh, now i'm connecting the dots here because later on in the song it says the secrets 
the secrets you know god or jesus unfolds is is just amazing and you never know in secrets so you never see it coming so it's kind of like you're looking back at your life and all the memories that have happened and you're like how did this all happen right but but the but they're saying that the the truth is that you don't know hmm. but but it's a, a, it's another touch here where like they're talking about you're going to get lonely and you're gonna, just going to have to trust that things are you're going to get lonely you're going to get down but you're just going to have to trust that things are going to work out no oh I got which is just that whole concept is, is yeah. of course just powerful and in, in yeah. itself but the the regardless of religious the music though you know oof. yeah the the music of the science powerful i think I kind of want to keep playing. Can we can we play a little bit more? Yeah, of yeah. It? yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I I want to get to the duet for sure. That's later on. Let's listen. The real truth of Jesus. That blues guitar. Love is so funny now going back in and trying to find these pieces of this album because you know you look at it and you're like this is a seven minute song but then you listen to 30 seconds you're like yeah it's not enough yeah yeah, yeah. i get the seven minutes like before i'm like oh well i i got a couple times listening to it and you like listen to the whole song and you're like okay i i think i get it but now really taking it apart you're like okay i see they took they take their time well i mean the it, bpm is like 40 yeah 60 it's as but, low as you can go yeah which is i mean like i just feel like it's it's i feel honestly with this music i do feel I, like can you do something funny yeah what do you can got? you can you can you speed this up to two times i can yeah you want me to start from where we left off yeah yeah child i'll be with you yes i'll be oh, yeah that's not gonna work that's not going to work at all because no. the background instruments aren't strong enough. Hmm. I can do 1.25. Don't worry about it. Secret. 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 Man, I feel like if you could just speed that up to, if you could speed that up cleanly. Yeah. I mean, you, you basically got yourself a, you know, well. Got yourself a more listenable song, obviously. <laughs> it works with the slow, though. I gotta say, I don't. Know. It does. Yeah, it does. It's it's a different experience. So the song, uh, again, I just since I got the notes, I want to share. It was written in 1925. Climbing Bob, high, climbing higher mountains. No, no, this is Precious Memories. Oh, okay, cool. Written in 1925, Bob Dylan and Willie have both done renditions of the song. Uh, I also found out that Bob Dylan had went through a. I like, I like Bob Dylan a lot, but I haven't really delved that much into him because he's got a fucking dense history. But he apparently went through a new age Christian vibe in the 80s. Uh, I, I, I Bob thought, Dylan, I feel like he's gone through every yeah everything so he could as a human. Wexler's Wikipedia page where. Bob Dylan was trying to get him to record all this stuff, and Wexler was like, "Look, 
I'm an atheist Jew. I have no money in this fight. Let's just make an album. <laughs> Smart move. I'm still trying to preach to him, and he's like, "Look." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I was like, fuck like, it, Wexler, baby. I love Wexler. Jerry Wexler, hit me up. Let's I want Wexler it. to be our stand in for all producers. More bass. Been a little rocky on my way up. Just a tad. Had a little rocky. Where's home? She was pregnant. At, she had a child at age twelve. What? She had a child at age twelve. Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Who did it? Childhood friend. Holy crap! She put 14. out an album. She was recording an album and getting pregnant at the same time. Twelve years old. Twelve. You know what I was doing? When I was twelve. Twelve. Talking on ring pops. You buy ring pops. Fun dip. I wasn't there. Fun dip for sure. You were. You were. You were sucking on fun dip. Sure, so I wasn't getting married, banging. No. This is a good follow up to uh, Christmas memories. I gotta say. Yeah, the it's not. It's a downer. It's come on. It's a little bit of a downer. Christmas memories. Precious Memories is 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 a is an obscure song. It's not. Yeah, I mean, it's been like energy. Yeah, it's a bit it's, compared to the rest of this for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then we got boom, pick it right up again. Another testament to Wexler, baby. This is a great follow up, I think. <laughs> oh, he, he got them down to two fifty four on a song, so more Woo! power to him. <laughs> That's the magical magical number. Wexler was like, no, no, no. <laughs> Oh, but the high energy song is very short, but I guess that makes sense. Lots of classic blues in this cla- yeah. in this arrangement. Um, yeah, yeah. Do we have any? You got any it's songwriting notes line. here? It's a walk-in bass line. Songwriting. It's swinging. It's clapping. It's a good. It's a good time. I see why they pick these as a shorter song. So it's like there isn't that much going on. Like emotionally, you're just like you got it. Like they're just bringing the energy they're making you feel good they're making you swing and sway they're making you throw your hands up and say i fucking love jesus i mean they're they're, i mean they're also trying to draw the picture of like this is this is tough this is a mountainous song it's a a lot going on it makes you want to keep going it's a journey song song. it's a journey song this is hephaestus no prometheus no it is hephaestus hephaestus has the rock right where you're like he's fucking pushing the boulder up and this asbestos. If you have asbestos in your house, you no, should. Asbestos. You, you might be due for a for a claim. <laughs> it's not even asbestos. It's fucking Sisyphus. I don't know what you're talking about. Sisyphus is the guy who the stone is permanently rolling downhill and he has to carry it up. Oh, this sounds like some Dante Inferno stuff. No, it's the Greek it's, uh, mythology. Greek mythology, yeah. 
So uh, Sisyphus, Hephaestus got fire. Sisyphus is rolling the hill. He's being punished. Anyway, I just imagine like this is going to make you want to keep pu- pushing the boulder up the hill. That's what this song is. Climbing high. Yep. You're going. You're, you're you're chugging along. You're doing it to get home. But stop. so this is also this is also the classic story of Abraham. This 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 uh, this story of you're trying to get home because to to get to to have the to be away from home. Obviously, you have to have left your home. And to return home is the, eventually the, the success of your journey mm-hmm. or the end of it, mm-hmm. at least. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. There's definitely there's there's the biblical your home, your home, it, you know, you've, is is a, a, um, is a, a spiritual concept as well as of obviously a physical location. So I, I'd like to know who who wrote this song because it would probably provide a lot of answers. But because oh, no, obviously it's metaphorical. Um, this is a song. This is one of the few songs that is. Uh, there is no songwriting uh, songwriting credit because it is traditional. That sounds about right. Yeah, this is just a song. That, I mean, the, that yeah, the, this is like what it could, it could have been written at any point in time because the yeah. concept is sturdy. Yeah, exactly. And like I said, I mean, is it as old as as old as the Bible? So. You know, yeah, exactly. That's the that's the that's how this song works. It works on just it is what it is. We're getting better through Jesus. We're gonna keep going. Mm. Yeah, there it goes. And we'll keep going here. Jill Franklin remarks by her father. I really just want to hear him say one thing, and I I, I started it at twelve seconds. We're going to see how long it takes. I just want to hear the one thing. We're going to let it play until we get to that point. And to all of the musicians in this great choir that took me all the way back to the living room at home when she was six and seven years of age. I saw you crying, and I saw you responding, but I was just about to bust wide open. You talking about being moved. Not only because Aretha is my daughter, Aretha is just a stone singer. (laughs) That's it. She's just a stone, just stone singer. singer. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't wrong. That's when you hear that. You're like, yeah, he was a very famous what minister, reverend. I still can't remember. Yeah, reverend. But like, listen to his voice. You're like, I could listen to that guy talk for a cool minute. That yep. was me. Very measured. I'm about to bust wide open. So there, there, there's the note from what I was saying before. With you know, you could say that Aretha's a, a born singer, but I think what's very likely, especially considering the story that you told earlier, is that mm-hmm. she's looking to to bond with her father, who's obviously this kind of Rolling Stone type figure who has three right. different wives, right. and the way that she's going to be able to do that as a little kid is going to be by singing. So I and six years he's saying he this this whole performance reminds of six seven years old. So. Uh-huh. You know, I'm saying, okay, well, you got what you have a case of a little kid who's trying to, you know, 
I, I'm not saying that uh, no, 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 no. she I wasn't perfectly positioned, uh, that she wasn't also naturally gifted in the arts yeah, and yeah, probably yeah. more geared towards that. But I think probably, you know, time and place. And I think place was, was all, all a very big part of, of Aretha Franklin becoming who she was. Yep. Nope. I wholeheartedly agree. I really do agree. I think that, yeah, first what she was and this kind of music she, she, she sang, it just, it fits so well. And I think she just really, I, I do think she wholeheartedly believes in, and I think that lends to really this yep. whole thing. But, uh, but no, no, I think you're right. I think her father, yeah, reading about her father and her whole father's life and then, and then now, and then being like, wow, okay, that's her dad here. Like, clearly she's still close with him enough to do this it's just like interesting it's probably very interesting probably not a great relationship but oh yeah you gotta imagine it's a bad relationship but she was uh not very public from what i gathered she did not uh, like like she died from a liver cancer that when things were happening and she was like postponing shows to shows, she was like no 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 no, it's not about the liver cancer there's no liver cancer it's fine everything's fine and then she just died from it it's like Okay, so. <laughs> is it still fine aretha it, sorry so, um uh, yeah i don't know i think she's a pretty private uh, so you don't really get a lot of that but um i don't know i could say your assumptions could be valid hard to say but uh good news is i will take that yes you will This is my least favorite song on this album. Mm. This is your least favorite. Okay. It's just, there's just nothing going on. It's just repetition, it's, re, re, yeah. repeating the same thing over and over again. Yeah. This is a song that could be cut. It could be cut. I don't think it's cut. Cut it from the album, Wexler. Somebody, somebody, Wexler, what are you doing here? He got out argued, I guess. He did, yeah, no, he didn't want to you know take Wexler the reins. Wexler didn't want this on there. He didn't want to take the reins. It was shorter, know. so he was probably happy with that, but. Five and a half. This um, yeah, I don't know. That's all I got on it. I don't really? like it. Do you want to? Hold on. That's up to you. I mean, it's, if you have other things, I mean, you know, I I basically was like, this song is just boring. This is what it turns into. I skipped the last minute and a half. <laughs> no way. So yeah, I skipped all this because I was like, I just can't Yeah, you That's why you don't skip this song. Oh, 
Oh, how about that? That's awesome. Yeah, this is a. I think this is a great B-side filler. To be honest, this is a good B-side filler. Also, even in the slow part, got a whip, and then they stop. Take care. You know, they come back in. I don't know. It's good. I like. I like this song. I have no problems with it. It's a B-side filler. It's not anything bad. But this is a live album, which is interesting. Oh, it's definitely I, nothing bad. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I think it's just like a whole other thing when it's a live album, which I didn't realize going into it. The live album is different. Than the uh, what what, what, you know what, you, what I mean? do you mean? What do you mean by that? This is a live album. This isn't. You can't treat this like it's a studio album. It's an hour and a half because the concert is an hour and a half. You know what I mean? So it's like it's a different thing altogether. Yeah, yeah, of course. This is like that's where you put in like length and everything. It's like interesting or like random songs or whatever, but. Whereas, like, the studio album is, like, this satin, meticulously placed thing. Whereas, like, this was, like I said, I think they just got together, they just played some songs, and they put it out. They, like, the sets that they played were probably even longer, I think, when I gathered. I mean, these these were very, 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 very well-practiced songs, so. Is, is, is the, it, you know, I said earlier, I think, I don't know how much they were able to practice these, but, I mean, some of these are absolutely flawless piano playing, and yeah. And guitar playing, it, it, there's just no, unless, you, I mean, these might be some of the best pianists and guitarists in the world, but if, even if they are doing that, it's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm like, glad, I, I'm, I'm just saying, like, as a cohesive unit, I, I genuinely think that there's just a looseness to the feel of it. I'm not saying that they're not doing a good job or anything. I'm just saying that, like, there's just, there is a feeling of this album that it is not tight in that. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like it adds to the soulfulness of it, of that they're just coming in and doing this thing. Absolutely. You feel like you just walked into a church on a Sunday and they're just doing this and you're like, Holy shit. Yep. <laughs> what did I just walk into? That's, that's the feeling I get from this album. Absolutely. In the best way. Like that's what you, I think that's what she wanted. You get yeah. the, the floorboards. You get the people chanting, yes, yes, yes. When they left that in that easily could have not. Exactly. No. Yeah, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, this is actually probably one of the best introductions to gospel that we could have, that you could have picked because it's like, yeah, she tried to make it as raw as possible. Exactly. I think so too. I think this is a stand, her doing standards. With some with some other stuff, but I mean, this is gospel music, especially in '72, how she was interpreting it. And I think it's just a great jumping-off point. And you know, I just want to say, talking about introductions and talking about like being introduced to it and thinking about it in that terms is is, is funny. Listening to this from the frame point again, why I picked it was because of the last album you picked, and I was like wanting to see where it kind of came from and now i'm like yo if you grew up with this if you were a child and your grandma's playing this music a lot and that doesn't leave you grandma, that doesn't leave you there's no way i could i i'm like i i complete i feel like i get it i'm like yeah that this shit is good it is so emotional it is so palpable how and hopeful that, so incredibly and hopeful. hopeful exactly and it's how like you, it's so uplifting yeah how do you grow up as a musician and not it's like Anderson Pack, same thing. This is why I saw Anderson Kanye Pack. West. Yeah. Kanye West, exact same thing. 
This is how Anderson Pack and um and YB and Cordell. I was like totally because like Anderson Pack grew up. He was the drummer in his church. He was a drummer for playing gospel music. So I'm like, no YB and, yeah, YB and Cordell and him are like a match made in heaven. That's why I was like, it totally makes sense with them too. And it it hasn't been acceptable to bring this type of music to mainstream music and until 2015 no until until kanye did it i mean jesus walks 2005 yeah okay so that's you know that was only a little bit even then that was that's what people said at the time was that i can't believe he's doing this Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so but before that uh, when ever in mainstream music you know this album Uh, this album the world's into right now. This album is is a big shot at it. She won a sure. she won a Grammy at a guess, but was, oh, for real? It was for gospel, soul gospel performance. So okay, yeah, but best selling gospel album of all time. It remains the best selling gospel album of all time. Might want to start it off on that note. Uh, I only just found this out from the YouTube. Oh, okay. So that, yeah, I didn't know that. The Wikipedia page does not mention anything about her selling, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, we, we're like lost ducks here. We need somebody to guide us through this. I know. <laughs> you know, look, we both do things. I Sorry to our, our listeners, all, none of you. But, you know, the research is, it's a hard. It's hard going into something like this with knowing nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. You can't connect it to anything at all. No. Really at all. So, you know. We're trying our best. So this was this yeah. So (laughs) this was bit. It's a it's a bit of a bold take for her to go to to come away from gospel and then to bring it back Mm -hmm. in the middle of her time. Uh, yeah. This is more on our downfall. Not downfall because she ended up having hits later. But like in terms of like her bang 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 hit 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 hit. This was like she kind of had a couple misses and then she did this. Nice. So it wasn't exactly at her peak, but she was. That actually makes well. sense. Yeah. She was like, screw it. Well, then if I got this, I'm exactly. going to do this. I think that's exactly what this was. Um, Which might be the same thing with Kanye, by the way. Maybe. That's a, so it's like a little. I mean, a lot of people say Pablo was a sellout album. Uh, a sellout album? A lot of people say that uh, I, I've seen memes and Instagram conversations that Con- that Kanye West uh, life of Pablo was a uh, was he made the album more as a uh, as a shot for making money. How? In what, I don't know. I don't know. What song? There's I don't know. no radio song. That, no, I was I was saying that as an ex- I was saying that as a counter example of uh, of the idea that he made life of Pablo purely just to bring some of his gospel. Oh, no, no, no. The only song that's gospel in that is Ultra Light Beam. There's no gospel in that album. That's true. That's true. Yeah, you that's can't, only, can't use feedback or wolves or anything like that. Yeah. But anyway. Fuck those people. Kanye West Defender. James Johnson. The album is amazing. This is Holy Holy by Reed. I want to give you one yes. This is a contemporary cover. That's all. That's all. I. I mean, hundred percent. This is late sixties. Did this song originally? I'll say this. I only want to make you guess because you love this guy. I know him from you. 
children, you were on a big train when you were younger. Um, is, I mean, it's, it's obviously some funk. Some I found funk, it out, yeah. Soul. I found it out, and I was like, oh, of course. Of course this is his song. Is it Marvin Gaye? It is Marvin Gaye. Hey. <laughs> you get that harp in there? and The, the just, harp is wonderful, isn't this it? This song is just, I was like, this is a big it, You hug. know, it's just actually hilarious because I, I wrote, my note was, Make love to this song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is the perfect Marvin Gaye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thing. The bright, lush. Perfect. This to me is a perfect B side filler for this album. This. Actually, you may be right. But it doesn't, I don't think it necessarily fits in with this album mm-hmm. with the gospel music. But yeah, true. in terms of content and like what the song is, 100%. I think it is a B side filler on. Um, what's going on, which is the album that it is on. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Great song. Yeah, excellent. Love lovely to listen to. Harp is absolutely wonderful. I the the harp the, so they brought in a harp for this. Yeah. Gotta gotta make you think There's like no harp player credited. Which I was like it's a harp. But it's got to make you think, just alone with that harp, that this album is very, very carefully crafted up until the live performances. Yeah. We're going to bring in the... Can you hear that? What? Oh, nothing. There's just a massive amount of silence outside of my apartment right now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I like... I love this. I wish... Honestly... I wish they would have ended it on this. 12 songs. Holy holy. The last two songs is both a drag. So I'm not going to I'm not going to disagree with you on that. Yeah. It's funny that they would bring a cover of Marvin Gaye into this album. I know. It doesn't seem I mean they, the only other pop contemporary song is they have like Carol King. Carol King, yeah. It's Carol King and this. And this is just totally different than the rest of the album. Uh, uh, I want to say this also came out in 71. So extremely contemporary wow yeah yeah it's like this this and the carol kings came out they don't do that anymore no they don't do that at all anymore and that this was so, such a common this practice is a live album this is a live album but you also have to factor in the the you know the the paying of people and everything true it's the whole thing you got clear stuff covers are a hard deal that's true I guess. I don't it's know. true. I, we say as we blatantly use people's music to make money for ourselves. LOL. <laughs> We're going to make any money off of this. Send us money via mail, cash, and cash, cash money. We'll put our. We only accept coins. You won't ever. You'll never walk alone. No matter how little money. You know why, Paul? You'll never. Yes. 
where this came from. Ever. This is a liver the Liverpool theme song. Oh, what? Liverpool? The, 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 the theme for the Liverpool soccer team is you'll never walk alone. Are you fucking kidding me? Is it really? No, yeah, it's you'll never walk alone. Well, so, no, Paul, this came from a two, 1945 Rodgers and Hammerstein's Broadway musical, Carousel. Oh, okay. So I think it's the same song. So they're, they're just ending off this with, uh, with some covers. This album. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know why this... I mean, I guess I get it in a way. Where I'm like, okay, so I guess they're just making it about Jesus, but it's the concept really. applies, yeah. Yeah, the concept applies. Just blues oriented again. Yeah. So, I I totally did not catch this. I, that I I thought for sure this is just another song on the album, but it is kind of strange that they don't mention God or Jesus. So. Yep, the song is sung to a woman after her husband is stabbed and died in a robbery. Holy crap. Well, I mean, this, this actually, this song is very powerful. I mean, it's, this is like, it's talking about, I mean, the entire song is obviously like, you're in a very difficult circumstance, but you're not alone. And that concept is one of the most, you know, if there's a redeeming concept in the world, that's it. Um, But I think that's about all I got out of this song. Yeah, it and, has that, uh, you know, it's yeah. funny learning about the Broadway thing and then now going back and listening to it, I'm like, uh, 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 like it really applies where gospel doesn't really do that immediacy of the buildup. As far as I've learned from the rest of her album, like the weird, like very quick to sharp, uh, sharp edges. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't really that in the rest of her song. So it was like that. And I was like, oh, now I see the Broadway kind of thing in there. But yeah, no, I didn't have a big takeaway from this either. I, I don't know. I, I feel like the B side of this album, which I'm not, it's one of those things where you're like listening to the album and it's like, is it just me or is the B side boring? Like, how often is that going to be the case? I feel like that's going to have to start being <laughs> between us because I feel like that we're going to have to do a thing now because for the last few albums we've done, it's like the B side we've trailed off on. It. It's like, are we bored? boring? Are we bored or are they boring? That's. <laughs> That's Isn't it the question? That's gonna be the question. It's like, are we tired of listening to it? Well, or are I mean, they letting us down. No, none of know. these songs, uh, the last five, are upbeat at all. Yeah. Last four, sorry. Last four. are are upbeat at all, and they they all drag. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I feel. I, I didn't listen to any of them more than twice. I listened no, to same. them all twice, and I was like, man. I even tried to listen to it out of order. And this song is like "We Are the Champions." This song. Never, about never grow old by Aretha Franklin. Everybody. It's just that, right? The whole song? Oh, I mean, what do you mean? What do you mean, just that? This is this. No, no, no. There's a whole story here. This song, I, I, I it, honestly, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. The lyrics of this song, I mean, it's just, it's all, it's this song, it's a song about heaven. 
It's a song about like. It's about compositionally. It's just her singing. It's Amazing Grace. It's the same thing again, right? Oh yeah, as far as just going off on yeah. tangents. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's that's why it's hard to listen to. It's because you do, if you if you don't know the song, it's really hard to listen to. Yeah. Because you don't know what she's actually singing about. Yeah. So all you hear is the sounds, and you're like, it's hard to find the power in the sounds if you don't know what she's talking about. Exactly. So this is definitely an example there. There are a couple of good parts in here I liked from the lyrics. Well, I mean, can you tell me what is she singing? What is it? What is yeah, so she's she's singing about heaven. It's all about heaven. It's like you're gonna go to you're in heaven. You never you never more roam. You are always in the sweet. Um, there's also a line that says when your life crown is won, which is a pretty epic mm-hmm. statement in general. Oh. Um, and at the, the last, so the, I'm going stanza by stanza here, the main parts. It's like the first part is you're never going to roam. You're always in the suite. The second part is your life crown is won. So essentially you've finished your job. And the third one is your voices blend with your loved ones who have gone in there before. So it's uh, it's kind of like talking about you know, all the hard things that you had to do in life, you'll never have to do in heaven and everybody that you know is going to be there. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's what it is. Song about heaven. Good old gospel. How do you feel coming away from this album? Are you happy? What? Are you happy you listen to it? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy that I think I learned a lot. I'm happy that I got to absorb it. Yeah, it was like one of those things. It was like I don't think I'm gonna save any of these songs, but I no, definitely all... not. Really, it's just too, it's just too religious. Yeah. Again, we're, I mean, you know, I, we don't talk about it very much. I'm, I'm not a very religious person at all. I uh, have a hard time relating to a lot of it, but. Like and sonically, it's, it's just a lot of great stuff in here. Yeah, I I, I like the the hopeful attitude yeah. around the whole album. I don't yeah. like some of the. I don't like I I I'm all for religion when you're talking about you know having hope and working through hard times. Uh, I'm not all for religion when you start talking about ridiculous shit. So, you know, I, don't know. Yeah, yeah. I get it though. In 1972, you know, in 1972, you. This is like, you know, this is it. This is what you got. You get, you, there's no hope. There's, sorry, there's no internet. There's no learning about, people aren't reading books. People aren't, you know, yep. listening to podcasts about people talking about other stuff. And, <laughs> uh, and, and the amount of learning going on is probably significantly less. So I don't know, you know, you, you go to church and you just hope for the best basically. And, uh, mm-hmm. And that's that's where like this is I think that's probably part of why you know we don't have to go deep into this but probably part of why religion is kind of fading out with ideas like uh, give yourself to the master from give yourself to Jesus mm-hmm. where it's like oh man Jesus that's yeah a little much it's a little hard to hard a little how hard much, to absorb how much do people in 2020 want to give themselves to the master probably not a lot probably not <laughs> 1984 Apple Big Brother ideas yeah it's not gonna work out yeah. too well. But yeah, but but as far as like just a moment in time and appreciating where, so, so this is a big peak then of black gospel. Yeah, in general, I think so. 
Yeah, and, and, in and terms probably, of popular reach and like people that are listening to it, this is probably a big moment. It'll it'll never come back. No, 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 no. It'll never it'll never not touch this, this again. Not, no, not in any form that even resembles this besides like what we talked about. Yeah, and as we crawl through time here more, I think, you know, this this really, really might be the ultimate peak. Yeah. Although there were a lot of peaks beforehand, but never caught on a, in a way that's been transferable to today's audience. So, yeah, not in any kind of popular landscape in terms of mass media kind of way. Yeah. This will be it. This will be it. I think so, it will be Amazing Grace by Aretha Franklin. And, and breaking this down here, all these, like you said, all the songs are like a lot of the songs are from previously written or really, right. really old. They've been sung through all these times. And that through all of history has been how, how songs have been transferred from person to person and culture to culture and time period to time period and generations. Yep. Uh, now we have a different way of doing that, yep. you know, with the internet and with, with digital files and with even CDs and records. When records came out, that was obviously, you know, pretty mind blowing. Right. Um, so, so from that, from that perspective, as far as capturing, ta- capturing music and capturing messages, that's where this comes in is like a very, very significant piece. And from that place, it's hard not to appreciate it. It's magnificence. Yeah. It's like, it's one of those things was like, people weren't so bored then or not bored, but like people were down to sit and listen for 10 minutes as she's saying amazing grace. You know what I mean? It's, it's a different time where that, that 10 minutes didn't mean what that 10 minutes means now. Yeah. Well, and also, and also you're talking about a black community that's had had an absolutely brutal history in America and they're, they're leaning on this record. Like this is, you know, this is a lifeline and I'm, you know, that's, I'm sure it gave a lot of people a lot of strength and a lot of emotions to kind of reckon with. Yep. Very powerful. It was a very powerful. Yeah, it was very powerful. I'm really happy to listen to it. It was, I think for both of obviously for both of us, it was really out of our realm, but it was one of those things I was like, I want to do this. I want to like get into it. Yeah. And damn, what a bassist and pianist. (laughs) Okay. Aretha Franklin is absolutely incredible. I didn't think I need to say it. Aretha Franklin. There was soul shaking. Yeah. If, if I got chills a lot, I got chills a lot listening to this. And, and this gives a frame to all the, her pop music. Yeah, exactly. I went and listened to Say a Little Prayer and I was like, right, that is right, so right. much better now that I know that this is where it came from. Right, exactly. She's it got really, this kind of fact. Yeah. Exactly. It gives some context. It gives some serious context. Yeah. Because that's where she gets it from. This is where the raw, this is where the raw power and raw, you know, emotion comes from. Exactly. So, yeah. yes, definitely happy, definitely happy to go through it. So that's a, and that's, that's the, yeah. Well, do you have a, do you have any, and, notes? any other closing notes? What do you got? Uh, no, no, no other closing notes. I, I cover everything that I wanted to talk about. Um, I like the ab living. I like the free the freedom of the production. I like the hopefulness. I have my top level notes here, and then this album is what led me, in a way, back to the next album that we're going to listen to. Okay. And I'm hoping to close the loop with this next album on this little storyline. Interesting. Yeah, I was curious. I was like, are you going to stick with this? Are you going to jump off completely? I was okay completely with either, but I was just genuinely curious. Yeah, I. so what happened was basically I, 
I had wanted to jump back. I was originally with the Corday album. I was going to jump forward or I was going to jump back. Uh-huh. And uh, you you brought Aretha Franklin in and this amazing grace gospel. And I and I've always you know I I basically was like, all right, we're diving into the history of basically black music, yeah. and we're diving into the history of of where that came from. And you know, in a lot of ways, what however you pick it out, it's just a reflection or. A, just a moment of time in that culture, especially if you're talking about from 1900 and 1970, because okay. I guess there's so many different recordings and song songs written during that, uh-huh. you know, and, and different covers written through that time. Yeah. So expanding on that idea mm-hmm. in a major way mm-hmm. and, and, and really a, a way that you would never, never see coming. And I didn't see coming. We are going to listen to, if you got to ask, you ain't got it. By Fats Waller. <laughs> Disc one out of three. Oh, oh my God. Recorded right. anywhere from 1926 uh-huh. to 1938. If you've got. If, if you've got to ask, you ain't got it. You ain't. Oh my God. I can't even find it. I can't even find it. Is it on Spotify? Yeah. Just type in Fats Waller. Fats. Just like it sounds. Waller. You can, you've got to be fucking it. I was like, you're either going to go way ahead or way behind. <laughs> Maybe, indeed. I went back as bad. So I basically went back as far as I could to find recordings that really, were listenable. You really did. Um, wow, I appreciate the deep dig on this. Uh, so what happened was just so I can walk you back through this, I you started it. You ain't got it. We're gonna do disc one, disc one, 22 songs, 22 it's like a, songs. It's like an hour, right? Okay, and um, the, the lifeline that got me here was pretty simple, actually. It was Bo Diddley. And I was like, okay, who did Bo Diddley get most get most influenced by? Uh-huh. And it was a guy named Louis Jordan. Yeah. And Louis, you know Louis Jordan? Nope. Okay, not not well known today, but was a he's called the king of the jukebox, extremely well known in the 1940s. And his biggest influence was this guy Fats Waller. Now Fats Waller is, we're obviously I'll share a lot more next week, but this guy is at the root of black music in America as far as having it been recorded. I, I'm not going to look up anything. And I think this is where, okay, now I feel like I let us down a little bit. I feel like I could have done a little bit deeper digging. And uh, I have a feeling based on this storming off point, you've already got a little, you got a little deep into this. So oh, I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, I want to, I'm going to find, I, I want to find something that's connected to a lot of stuff. And I, and I know for sure I have. So it's gonna right, be a, just for me, I don't want to do any research, but what you said, this is from the twenties and thirties. Yeah. Okay. That's all I need to know. Yeah. Twenties and thirties. Very interesting. Okay. Let's do it. Awesome. If you, if you, I'm sorry, if you got to ask, you ain't got it. If you got to ask, you ain't got it. I love everything about that. Um, the collection. I cannot believe this. It's like a greatest hits or essentials. All right. So with that, I guess we'll see y'all next week. Thank you guys for listening to, I guess our first episode, although it's not really, but thank you guys for listening anyway.
All right, bye. <laughs> I'll see ya. Nope. <laughs>